Welcome to another Solid Rock Church podcast by Bishop Larry Ragland, Senior Pastor of Solid Rock Church. For more information and content, please visit solidrockchurch.com. We hope that you enjoy this podcast and you have a blessed day. All right, so I'm starting a brand new series today that I I, I feel like God has dropped. In fact, when I was in Tulsa, uh, a couple of weeks ago for the missions conference at John Smithwick's place, I heard Martine preach on these scriptures. His wife, John Smithwick's wife, Martine, she preached on these scriptures and it was so powerful. I mean, it was just, it was just incredible. It's one of the greatest uh, messages I've ever heard. And, and God began to drop some things in my spirit then that I didn't know if it was going to be a series. I just knew that it was going to be a message. And now it's a series about lepers. And, and I, won't, I don't know if we had that slide, but today is called From Lepers to Leaders. Say it with me out loud. From Lepers to Leaders. And part one is called, What Do You Have to Lose? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set this up as we get into, in fact, I think we need to pray because I'm going to step on some toes today and I want to make sure they still love me when I'm done. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I ask you, Lord, to anoint me today. Thank you for everything that's already been done in this service. I thank you, God, that you're going to anoint me to preach the anointed word of God today and that today, God, people will be saved, they will be delivered, and they will be healed. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. I said everybody said amen. So I'm going to begin this series today for, called From Lepers to Leaders. I want to tell you a little bit about the disease of leprosy before we go any further. It is always, leprosy has always been associated with being ostracized. When you were a leper, you were ostracized. If you know what that means, that means you were kept away. You were kept away from the group. You could not come in the main group. The main main way you deal with a leper is to separate them. The main way you deal with someone who has leprosy, I'm going to say it again, is to separate them to isolate them. Are y'all hearing me this morning? Now listen to me. The, The purpose of that is not that the isolation will heal them. Oh, y'all didn't hear me. The isolation is not for their good. The isolation is to keep them out of sight and out of mind so that you don't have to worry about you being touched by them. Oh, I'm preaching already. So to keep them out of sight and to keep them out of touch. And if you can't see someone, you can't hear them. So, so the ostracization, I just made up a new word, of leprosy was not just to keep them out of sight and to keep them out of mind, was, but it was also to keep them so that we don't have to hear them. It is to silence their voice and silence any way that they would ever have to influence their loved ones again. Because if a man had leprosy and his wife did not have leprosy, he would never see his wife again. Are you hearing me? He would never see his children again because there's no cure for leprosy even now, and there certainly was no cure for leprosy then. It was a death sentence. Church, are you alive? I submit to you this morning, that there is without a doubt a spiritual leprosy happening in this world and in this nation right now. There is a spiritual leprosy that is happening. And the same way that they dealt with it, 
in the Old Testament and even the New Testament is the same way they're trying to deal with it now. But I'm going to go somewhere in a direction that you may not realize. A spiritual leprosy is not a physical leprosy. It is not a sickness that you can diagnose at a doctor. And I'm going to tell you something about spiritual leprosy. Spiritual leprosy comes on you when it is spoken on you. You become a spiritual leper when you listen and believe the people who are in authority that tell you you are a leper. That they don't want to see you, they don't want to hear you, so they ostracize you and separate you when there's nothing wrong with you. But if you don't watch it, and if you're not strong in your faith, and if you're not listening to the right voices, you will buy into the lie. Oh, I'm preaching better than you shouting. We're going to deal with spiritual leprosy over this series. But i got to finish dealing with it in the natural to give you the parallels in just a moment. I submit to you that there is a leper colony that is being created and mandated by religious and governmental elites when they don't feel that the opinions and beliefs of others should cohabitate with them. You didn't get what I just said. They have said, I don't want to live with that. I don't want to hear that thing called sin anymore. I don't want to hear that message of holiness. I don't want to hear your message anymore, so I'm going to ostracize you. I'm going to leopardize you. Y'all get it? On many levels, there's a leper colony right in front of us that is being created in the minds of the people all over this world. We will also deal with that in this series. But the term leprosy, including the word leper, lepers, leprosy, leprous, all of those together is mentioned 68 times in the Bible of any version of that. 55 times in the Old Testament, 13 times in the New Testament. Leprosy was a was like the most hideous disease that you could get. Now here's something that's interesting that I learned about leprosy. Many have thought, including me, that leprosy was a disease of the skin. But it is not a disease of the skin. It is better classified, however, as a disease, listen to this, of the nervous system. Oh, come on. I'm about to tell y'all some stuff. Because leprosy bacterium, I'm reading directly from this medical website, attacks the nerves before it's ever manifested in the body. Oh, y'all didn't hear it. It's an inside thing that happens before anybody ever knows you got it. Its symptoms start in the skin and the peripheral nervous system outside of the brain and the spinal cord. Then it begins to spread to other parts such as the hands, the feet. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. I'm reading, I just, I, I'm not adding nothing. I'm reading directly from this website. It manifests first in the hands, the feet, the face, and the earlobes. The very things that we have called to be in the body the hands, the feet, out of your mouth, 
all coming out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water what you hear everything that's on the face is the eyes the nose the mouth the ears the hands the feet everything that we use to give and to receive in the spirit realm leprosy attacks first to shut the hands down so you can't pray for people to shut the feet down so you can't go into all the world to shut the eyes down that you can't see the big picture and to read the word of God, to shut the ears down so that you can't hear the voice of the Lord. Oh, y'all ain't hear me. But before any of that happens, it's internal. It's in the nervous system. Patients with leprosy, still reading from the medical side, experience disfigurements of the skin and bones, the twisting of the limbs, curling of the fingers to form what is known as the characteristic claw hand. People with full-blown leprosy, their hands turn inward. Their bodies do like this. They can't pick up anything anymore. They can't feed themselves anymore. Many die of starvation. Facial changes begin to happen and the thickening of the outer ear and then the collapsing of the nose you're going to hear some things today that's a little gross, but you need to get the big picture. Are you alive? Their noses will fall off their face. Their ears will literally fall off the side of their head. Tumor-like growths called lepromas lepromo, may form on the skin and even in the respiratory tract, and the optic nerve begins to deteriorate. The largest number of deformities develop from loss of pain sensation due to extensive nerve damage. Listen to what one medical site said. For instance, someone with leprosy, full-blown leprosy, inattentive patients will pick up a, a, can pick up a cup of boiling water without flinching because they feel no pain. In fact, some leprosy patients have, watch this, I'm reading again right from the site. Some leprosy patients in poor countries have had their fingers eaten off by rats while they slept because they were totally unaware that their fingers were being eaten. The lack of pain receptors cannot warn them of the danger. My God, are you hearing me? Let me tell you how the devil works. The devil works on the nervous system. The devil tries to get you worried. The devil tries to call. How many of those the battlefields in the mind? Are y'all hearing me? How many of those a lot of times before anything is manifest in the natural, it starts on the inside. It starts on in, in, in the spirit man. It's like the enemy attacks the spiritual nervous system of the spirit man and keeps you in a constant state of fear. Fear is not a natural thing. Fear is an inward thing. Fear is a thing that's tied to the nervous system. How many knows you don't believe you don't believe fear is an inward thing? You can you can be in a room completely content, not a single thing about you is afraid. You ain't you ain't your heart's not racing, your heart's at the regular beat. You may be washing dishes, you may be putting clothes up in the drawer, you ain't thinking you might even be singing a worship song, and somebody walk in the room and you didn't hear them go, boo! And all of a sudden, oh, your whole body shakes, and next thing you know, in a moment, your heart and all of a sudden you start sweating oh, it instantly. What starts manifest on the outside, what happened instantly on the inside. 
When you're tormented at night, you can't sleep and you can't rest and you're worried about this and worried about that and worried about How many know sometimes you can worry yourself about being sick into sickness? Y'all got that? Some of you didn't. See, the bottom line is this, that you got to get in your spirit before we go any further on this series. Leprosy is a disease that starts with nerves, but it affects the body. This is why the enemy loves to attack the mind. The mind manifests in the natural. As a man thinketh, so is he. As a man thinketh, this is in your Bible, in his heart, so is he. It's the power of the man. You think you're a failure, you're going to be a failure. If you listen to everybody calling you a failure and you buy into that, you will buy into it fully and become a failure. But can I tell you something? Do you not understand that you are the body of Christ? Do you understand that we are the body of Christ? He is the head and we are the body. Church, are you alive? This spiritual leprosy that I'm talking about, the same way it works in the natural is the way it works in the spiritual. God tells us he doesn't give us the spiritual and teach us the natural. He gives us the natural to teach us the spiritual. So when you want to understand spiritual leprosy, you understand natural leprosy. And the way it affects the natural body is attacking the nervous system. See, the body of Christ has been around longer than America, longer than Russia, longer than Ukraine, longer than China. Are you hearing me? The body of Christ and the word of God has survived them all. But here we are now after all this time, probably the final generation, probably the generation that the Bible says shall not be shaken, probably the remnant generation that's going to stand up and see the Joel chapter 2 revival. But people are falling off the body left and right. Hands and fingers, toes, parts of the body are falling off left and right because they have allowed their part in the body and their body themselves, their peace in the body of Christ to be infected inwardly with a spiritual leprosy that is being fueled by fear. Listen, can I be real with y'all this morning? Two and a half years, they have fear-mongered you left and right over this virus. They have tormented you left and right. They have caused you to not even be able to get out of your house and magically, all of a sudden, it's over. I mean, just like that, it's over. They don't talk about it no more, but you know what? They can't let it go, so now you got a war to be afraid of. Now you got to be afraid of Russia again. I'm telling you, they know what works. They are playing on your fears. As long as they keep you afraid and worried, more and more parts of the body will fall off. And that is the agenda. Where are the men and the women of God? Where are the mighty men and women of God that will stand up and say, I will not be driven by fear. I will not, my house will not be a house of fear. Hey, and you preachers, you still ain't having church yet? My God, there are churches because I love you. You know I'm a pastor of pastors. It's, but, but none of your little, none of your buddies will tell you the truth. You call me your friend, I'm going to tell you the truth. What in the world are you doing still having online only service? 
Get your rear end back in the church or get out of the ministry. Or just go dig a ditch, sell insurance or something. Oh, I'm just being cautious. I'm being no, you are being gripped with fear. Now, let me tell you what, some of y'all, some of y'all being gripped with greed. Because you're getting more tithes and offers that you got before, and you ain't got no light bill to pay. You ain't got to worry about paying staff. You ain't got you're making more money than you ever made, and you've convinced yourself, why in the world would I want to go back? I'm reaching people I wasn't reaching before, making more money than I've ever made before. You have lost and left the ministry. If you ain't dealing with people, if your shepherd don't smell like sheep, and the only way you can smell like sheep is you got to be around sheep. You can't smell like sheep through a screen. If you don't smell like sheep, you ain't a shepherd. And if I lost she as a friend, I hope we make it back one day. One day you, one day you thank God that you had a friend that told you the truth. You telling me I'm not supposed to be safe? If you think I just said that, you ain't heard nothing I said. You, I want you to be safe for your own family. But do not be gripped by fear. Be sensible, be smart, but be the body. I want to open your eyes to some things this morning, if I hadn't already. There is an intentional planned and very well-funded plan of the enemy to separate us into groups and camps. You got some people that are spending billions of dollars to make sure the black folk all stay together. Make sure the white folk all stay together. So we got a black group and a white group and a Hispanic group and an Asian group. All, we're all in our groups, all preaching unity. All preaching unity in our groups. Well, I feel something pushing me this morning. I ain't playing. What we don't realize is God only says one thing commands the blessing. When my people dwell together in unity, I look on the keyboard, I see some black keys, I see some white keys, I see a bunch of notes that can play, but when they're all put together, it's called harmony. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. separate us into camps and all the camps preaching about the power 
and the anointing and the end time revival. But they don't want to venture into another camp. Because maybe the ones in the other camp might not look just like them. Maybe somebody in the other camp might not play the kind of music we like. Might not have the preaching style we like. Might not dress for Sunday morning church like we like. Well, they might not have all voted for the same president as me. Can I help y'all? You can vote for anybody you want to vote for and still go to the same heaven I'm going to. That's between you and God. I ain't talking about presidents. I'm talking about who you are in God. Bridges being burned left and right instead of unifying. Pieces of the body falling off left and right. How many fingers and hands and toes and feet have we lost over this stupidity that we've been going through? I mean, my God, we used to be able to agree to disagree. You can't even agree to disagree. You can't even be friends with somebody that ain't in your camp. Well, okay, now listen. It is very well funded. It is very well planned. It is full of Republicans, Democrats, independents, preachers, bishops, Reverends, very most reverends. This plan, the ultimate goal in this plan is to create an environment that will so escalate division that there will be no semblance of a body left. Leprosy. The body of Christ has been infected with leprosy. Not the true body, because the true body, can I, can I help you? And it's not going to be a real encouraging word, but let's say you were a finger on one of the hands of the body of Christ, and you decided to cut yourself off, and you let yourself fall. I want to help you and let you understand something. There's still a finger on that hand, with or without you. You ain't going to stop the remnant just because you left it. The benefit is it ain't that you're so big and bad because you're the hand of God. No, you just might be a part of the hand of God. The hand of God was there before you, and the hand of God will be there after you. So the benefit of being a part of the body is to you. Not that you benefiting us. Well, some of y'all don't even think your church would go on without you. Let me tell you something, Solid Rock would go on without you. We don't want to go on without you. We don't want you to leave, but I got a new story. We will go on without you. Because we didn't start for you. You didn't call us here. You didn't call me to pastor this church. <laughs> and you ain't voting me out. Watch this. Let me try to preach now. There is a famous story dealing with leprosy. 
that is found in the Old Testament. It coincides with a great famine. The famine had caused those who had to further separate from those who had not. It's a great, great example of what happens to the, to the leper colony. Now, I'm going to give you the backstory in the next 10 minutes, and then I'm going to finish this and set up this series. It's pretty gruesome, but you need to get the picture of the desperation of the moment. It's found in 2 Kings chapter 6, 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 24. And it says this, And it happened after that Ben-Hadad king of Syria gathered all his army and went up and besieged Samaria that there was a great famine in Samaria. Watch how great this famine was. And indeed they besieged it until a donkey's head was sold for 80 shekels of silver. That's a lot of silver. And one-fourth of a cab of dove droppings were selling for five shekels of silver. Let me break it down for you. Those that, you know, those that are from Blunt County. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I lived in Blunt County for 20 so I couldn't think of nothing to say. I couldn't, I couldn't talk about my new county. I live in Jefferson County. I'm big and I'm, I'm bougie now. I live in Jefferson County. Okay. <laughs> Watch this. I need to break it down for you, okay? This meant they done ate the donkey. They done killed all their donkeys. They done ate every part of the donkey. The only part of the donkey that was left that nobody ever wants to eat that you always see in the shows that's laying in the desert as a skull is the head. Because even the animals eat everything else and leave the head. They'll crunch the bones of the body of, a, of an animal that dies, but you'll see that head laid in the desert. Nobody eats the head. That's the only thing that was left. They were so hungry. They was taking what is the equivalent of thousands of dollars and were paying for the right to have a donkey's head to eat it, eating the eyeballs, eating what little bit of flesh was on the donkey's head. But the big one, is some people taking their hard-earned money and buying bird poop to eat because there were seeds and remnants of things that the, the dove had ate that they would force themselves to eat poop to get something out of it versus dying. But now wait a minute. It gets worse. Verse 26. Then as the king of Israel was passing by on the wall, a woman cried out to him, saying, Help, my Lord, O king. And he said, If the Lord does not help you, where can I find help for you? For the fleshing, from the fleshing floor or the wine press? Then the king said to her, What is troubling you? Get ready. This is hard to hear. And she answered, This woman said to me, Give your son that we may eat him today and we will eat my son tomorrow. So we boiled my son and ate him. And I said to her the next day, give me your son that we may eat him. But she had hidden her son. 
You can't even imagine the desperation. It's one thing to eat a donkey's head and dove poop, but it's another thing to make a deal with another lady. We'll eat your son today, you can eat my son tomorrow. Because there was nothing to eat. What does that have to do with lepers, Pastor? Listen to me before I tell you that. Listen to me. This is one of the most difficult passages to read in all of Scripture. But it is here that we can see how people will make unfathomable decisions in times of complete desperation and no hope at all. It is very telling that one of the first things, watch this, that a heathen generation wants to sacrifice are the children. Are you hearing me? I feel the Holy Ghost. Ancient religions, stories of sacrifice over and over for thousands of years to their false gods that would lay their children on an altar. Every heathen generation has always considered the children to be the most worthless of all humanity. It is also telling that when a king or a tyrant wanted to stop an uprising of any kind of remnant against their authority, he did not go kill the adult men. He understood the power of genealogy. He understood the power of generations. He's declared to kill the children. When there arose a Pharaoh who knew not Joseph and began to persecute the children of Israel in Goshen and turn them into slaves, and he began to realize there are now more of them than there are of us. What is to ever keep them from turning on us and taking Egypt off? He didn't send his army in there to fight them. Why? Because the devil is a coward. The devil knew, Pharaoh knew, he did not have enough soldiers to beat the ones in Goshen. And he also had heard the stories of the favor of God that was on Goshen because of Joseph. So he said, here's what we'll do. Maybe I can't stop them, but I can stop them from overtaking my children's reign when they rise to the throne, so we're going to kill all the boys. So they sent out a decree to kill all the boys, and that's how we learn of the baby Moses. How many knows there's always a remnant? There's always, there's, listen, there's always a group of people that will do whatever they're told to do. Lock and step, whatever the government says. I'm going to trust the science. I'm going to follow what Dr. What's-His-Name said. I don't even want to give him credit right now. He says this. He says that. He says that. There are some people that might as well take, make a picture of him holding a lamb in his hand and put him in their room and treat him like Jesus because they want to care more about a man's name that don't even believe in God. It's not even a Christian instead of what God's Word said. My God, I'm preaching better than you shout. I got to do, I got to do, I got to do, I got to do. There's a lot more I can say. I'll, I'll use my podcast for that. Watch this. But in the midst of them, there's always that woman that said, I know the hideous thing that I did yesterday, but I can, and I'll, I'll live with shame the rest of my life, but that's my baby. I can't. I got to hide my baby. There will always be a remnant 
that no matter what it looks like, will hide their baby. Are you hearing me? Moses, mama, all these other mamas were lockstep, lockstep. Not, not, mamas and daddies not really doing anything. But there was a mama that said, I don't know if this is going to work, but I got to do something. Made a boat out of a, a bulrushes, put him in there and floated him down the river. How many knows, let me know sometimes all it takes is somebody just standing up because she had no idea what would happen. She thought she'd never see her baby again, but because she hid and protected her innocent child, not only was his life saved, but she was able to raise him. She was able to nurse him. She was able to pour into him all of his childhood. Every time a testament, we have two testaments, an Old Testament and a New Testament. The Old Testament came by way of Moses. And before Moses could ever grow up and become Moses, there was a decree to kill all the children because the devil knew, I gotta stop this covenant. When the new covenant came, we got there is no covenant without the death of the, of the testator. Come on, y'all hear me, the covenator, which was Jesus. And when Jesus came into the world, the same thing that happened to Moses, they tried to kill the babies again. Are y'all hearing me? Because when they, they said, if we can kill the babies, we don't know which one of these babies are the, are the Messiah, but we know all the signs have pointed to this moment. The stars in the heavens, the wise men are coming, so we gotta kill all the babies, and surely we'll get them. But God said, get up, Joseph, get up, Mary and flee of all places. Watch this. Flee to Egypt. The same place I've protected Moses. I'll protect Jesus. Woo! I hope I got enough time to get all this out. So here we are today. We don't have a new covenant. There's no need of a new covenant. We have the best. But we do have a promise. There is a generation, whether it's us, our children, or our grandchildren, I believe that that promised generation that we'll see in the midst of a great falling away a revival as such this world has never seen. The devil said, it didn't work the last two times. But I think I found a formula that's gonna work this time. Let me tell you something. Do you know why the agendas that you see in every commercial now? When I walked through the airport of Atlanta, down one walkway of a gate to my plane, I walked by three posters that had that agenda on the poster. Not a single poster advertising Delta Airlines had a husband and a wife and a child. Every single picture advertising the life of luxury of flying and that they care about families. You can fill in the blanks. No daddy and mama and kid, but two daddies and two mamas. And I'm not trying to be funny, but I'm trying to be real. And one that you don't even know what they were because they were like in between on purpose. But no daddy, no mama, no kid. 
You know how they feel empowered for that? Because my generation allowed them to come in and begin to push that on our children. And along came Facebook, then Instagram, and now TikTok. That they are being inundated. That what we preach and what we believe that the Word of God says is evil and has no love in it. Oh, it's getting quiet in here. So there, there's not an, a, 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 a intentional movement, although we know abortion, this is not about abortion. This is not about all. I want you to know that abortion is evil, and I'm going to tell you something else. Abortion has, is involved with a child, okay? Not, not an amoeba or not a, a whatever you call it, not a, not a, what do they call that thing? Fetus? There's another, like a, a diode or something. What is it? A psycho? Okay, something, whatever. Don't matter what they call it. Jesus calls it a baby. He said, I knew you before he was even formed in your mother's womb. Now watch this. Watch this. So he's had that, but it still couldn't stop the move of God. As evil as that was, still could. His, his mo, opera, opera, I can't talk today. His M.O., <laughs> Not B.O., his M.O. has always been kill the children and that will stop it. But he realized that's not happened before and worked. It's not going to happen. So how about this? The ones that I don't get to kill, I'm going to kill their spirit. I'm going to go inside of them and kill their destiny. I'm going to kill their purpose. I'm going to cause them to have a spirit about them that believes that anybody that talks about sin and hell and living the way God said to live are evil. Oh, I'm preaching good. How about this one? How about you make this sense to me? I'm going to say this. This ain't about no mask. You want to wear a mask? I ain't got no problem with you wearing a mask. This ain't even about a mask mandate. But you help me understand this. You help me understand how the mayor of New York City, out of nowhere, when you couldn't even go in a restaurant without a vaccination card, let alone a mask, but you walk 10 feet and take it off the rest of the time you're eating. What a what an amazing virus that it only works when you stand up and go to the bathroom. And... Help me understand this. How did the mayor of New York City, with the stroke of a pen, remove all mask mandates on all children in every grade unless your child is five years old or under? They are still required to wear a mask to kindergarten and preschool but your elementary, middle school, high school, and college age sons and daughters don't have to wear it. You help me understand how you can sanction that when the least likely ones to be affected by it are the ones that you still have to be masked because it is an evil agenda to try to shut the mouths of our children, to stop them from smiling at each other, to stop them from... I don't care 
care what you think about me. This is not about the CDC. This is not about a virus. This is to help you wake up to what is being done to you. Take me off of Facebook, please. I don't want to even have to worry about it anymore. Take me off. I was preaching like this before you ever came along. I was preaching like this before there was a Google. And I'll preach like this till I breathe my last breath. My God, I will answer to Jesus. I will answer to Jesus. what's happening. I ain't stupid. I've been doing this long enough. You think this is a political message. You think you know why you think that? Because of the voices that you're listening to. You can't even hear the heart of your spiritual father because of the camps that you all been put in. Me too. We all been put in camps. We've all been indoctrinated for, for years now and didn't even realize it. Most of the people in this room can't even get up and go pee in the morning first before they check their phone. And if you do, you take it with you. You can't even imagine your life without checking what somebody said about what they ate last night. Some of y'all going to get mad at me if y'all ain't already mad at me. Can you believe I just now typed? Some of y'all about to get mad at me. <laughs> I, I just had to say that about that. I, I, I just looked at that when I saw the news, and I heard this morning, under pressure, he's supposedly rescinding that. But, but that don't change the fact that he did it. I mean, you're going to tell every other child no more. Teachers, no more. But kindergartners and preschoolers aged three to five, only ones in the entire city of New York City that's still required to wear one. First of all, you can't even keep a hat on a three-year-old. Are y'all hearing me? You can't keep them from eating bugs and dirt and Oh, Kyla, you going to get them? <laughs> Who advised that dude? I need, I need to talk to his advisors. I want to say, surely you've never had children. Now watch this. I've got 10 minutes. Verse 30. The king's response to the woman. Now it happened that when the king heard the words of the woman that he tore his clothes and watched something. This is so powerful that people miss it. That he tore his clothes, which is a universal sign of despair. And when he passed by the wall and he tore his clothes, the people looked at him in shock because underneath he was wearing sackcloth. Kings do not wear sackcloth unless they are in weeping and mourning, and they don't know what else to do. They've exhausted everything in their power, and they didn't want to let anybody know 
that they were common, just like them. Can I tell you something? I don't care if you live at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, Washington, D.C., or Pinson, Alabama, you bleed the same way. You still bleed the same way. And one day you're going to breathe your last breath and you're going to heaven or you're going to hell. You're either going to say, you're going to hear, depart from me, you worker of iniquity, or you're going to hear, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Your earthly title has nothing to do with your eternal future. Then he said, God do so to me. And more also, he was so burdened by what she had said about those children. If I will not have the head of Elisha, the son of Shaphat, remain on him today. See, listen. Government that, have, that has bought into the, to the God of government will never take responsibility. They'll always blame someone else. Are y'all hearing me? So even in sackcloth and ashes, even hearing that his own people are eating their children, instead of falling on his face and repenting, he said, I'll kill that prophet that brought all this on me. My God, I won't, uh, as surely as I'm living, I, I will not rest till his head is before me tonight. But Elisha was sitting in his house and the elders were sitting with him. Don't sound like he's worried, does it? Lost is just chilling out with the elders. The king sent a man ahead of him. But before the messenger came to him, he said to the elders, God warned him. The Bible says God has never done anything that he has not spoke to his prophets first. So while he's sitting there chilling, he ain't got no ring camera to see him coming. Uh, he ain't got no motion-censored camera that'll give him a notification on his phone. He's just chilling out, no electricity, no internet. He looks over to the elders and he says, well, get ready. The king has sent somebody to tell me something. He's almost at the door. But before the messenger came to me, he said to the elders, do you see how the son of a murderer has sent someone to take away my head? He wasn't in the house when he said it. But the Lord said, he said he's going to take your head off, but I got you. Look, the messenger comes, shut the door, hold him fast at the door. Watch this. Is this not the sound of his master's feet coming behind him? In other words, he said, I don't want to talk to the messenger. Hold the door till the king gets here. He said, because his feet's right behind him. He thinks he sent the messenger to do the dirty work because he ain't man enough to say it to me directly. Hold the door till he gets here. Are y'all hearing me? And while he was still talking with him, there was the messenger came down to him and then the king said, because he made his way there, surely this calamity is from the Lord. Why should I wait for the Lord any longer? Then Elisha said, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord tomorrow. Somebody shout tomorrow. Tomorrow, about this time, a seah of fine flour shall be sold for a shekel. Remember, they was, they was buying dung and heads for thousands of dollars. He said, tomorrow, you'll be able to buy flour, fine flour, for a penny. 
there'll be so much of it. Two seeds of barley for a shekel, which is nothing, at the gate of Samaria. So an officer on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said, look, if the Lord would make windows of heaven, could this be? And he said, in fact, you will see it with your eyes, but you shall not eat of it. Now, what in the world does this have to do with lepers? Because you have to understand before we get to next week is that this message that I'm going to preach next week all happened in the environment of a famine so bad that people were eating their own children. And on the very day that Elisha says this to the king, and I'm not going to read it today because I'm going to finish it next week. Chapter 7 happens. And it simply says, the Syrian army, which was the powerful army, the king that we're talking about, is sitting there, the most powerful force anywhere known to man at that time. Out on the outskirts in the camp was the lepers. At night, see, while everybody was dying and they were not eating, you better know the king was still eating. Y'all saw it on the news. This is what you got to do and you got to do and you can't do, but I'm going to go on vacation and do it. For thee, but not for me. Hmm? Happened over and over and over again. Oh, oh, wait a minute. I, I was holding my breath. That's what one mayor of the lar- one of the largest cities in America while he's getting pictures made with athletes. So I, I was holding my breath. Okay, well, that, that's, a, that's a very preventive measure. Yeah, yeah, so... At some point, I, I don't think you can hold your breath longer than a minute and a half. And I saw a video of you standing beside him. It was probably five minutes. I'm sure you probably took a breath, but whatever. Watch this. The king was still eating. And the soldiers that protected him were still eating. So every night, those lepers in the midst of this famine that no one had any food could smell the food. They could see the food. They could see people laughing and cutting up around the fire, warm. They saw tents that they would go in and sleep at night where they slept out in the open desert with no food, body parts falling off of them. This story literally is the same exact day that Elisha said, by this time tomorrow, everything that you know is going to be shifted. Instead of buying donkey's heads and, and dove dung, They're going to buy bread, pennies on the dollar, in 24 hours. And you can't even imagine how I'm going to do it. And when you see me do it, the Lord said, when you see me do it, you will watch those eat around you. And you will not partake because you chose to trust in yourself instead of God. Now, some of y'all can do what you want to do and go ahead and and I hope you've already read the Bible and read it before and know this story, know where I'm going. Get ahead of me next week. I don't care. But I'm going to show you how four lepers ostracized. No value. 
no hope. Pieces of their body gone. Can't even stand up hardly. Can't even walk. Saves a nation. An entire nation in one day. So I'm going to tell you something today. This is what I'm going to close with today. No matter where you are, no matter what's been done to you or said to you or said about you, no matter how many things have fell off of you and you don't know where to find them, are you hearing me? No matter how alone and ostracized you may feel, you are never alone. Because I don't care how far someone pushes you away, they can never push you out of the sight of our God. God sees in the desert just like he sees in the stream. He sees on the mountain just like he sees in the valley. All God is asking you to do is get up, walk out to the edge of the camp, and look and see and ask yourself one simple question. Is it right for others to enjoy and laugh and eat? And we are able to partake of nothing simply because of what someone said. I'm going to eat. Are you hearing me? I'm going to preach and I'm going to praise. Let me tell you, last week I wasn't here. I'm going to close with this statement. I was preaching in another church. Pastor CJ, if you're watching, I love you, man. You're awesome. you got an awesome church. So when I walked into his office last Sunday morning, by the way, did y'all love Pastor Brad? Wasn't Wasn't he awesome, man? Come on, he was awesome. When I walked into his office, it's the first time this has ever happened to me, to go preach for a man and never knew where the church was, never walked into the church, and never met the pastor, never saw him before in my life. First time I ever saw him in my life was when I walked in his office last Sunday morning. He's been talking to me on Facebook for a while and asked me to come. He said when it was time for his big birthday celebration, the people and the elders of the church said, who do you want to come and speak into this congregation? Whoever you want to come, go get them. So he asked me to come. Of course, I was honored to come. So when I, when I sit down in his office right before service, listen to me. I want to, I'll hope this reminds you of some things that you've heard your pastor say over this last year and a half, two years. He said, Pastor, before we go out there, I think I need to tell you why you're here. He said, you're here because, who's that? Who's that said that? Praise God. I see you, brother. He said, here's why you're here. Because when this whole thing hit, and they shut us down. The governor shut us down and asked us to do online. I did what our governor asked us to do. I did what I needed to do for the safety. In my mind, I thought in my heart for my people. And I said, well, so did I. Same thing. And it's blessed me, he said. But that day she had that press conference. Nine weeks out. We've been doing streaming for nine weeks. He said, I was sitting in front of that TV. I said, so was I. And he said, when I heard her say that if you want to have church again, just socially distance, wear a mask, do whatever you got to do to be safe, but if you want to worship, I ain't going to stop you. He said, I started calling people in the church saying, we in the house Sunday. I said, so did I. 
He said, so in my mind, I thought, everybody's like me. We're, we're all getting to go to church again. He said, weeks and weeks and weeks would go by because their service starts later in the day than we do. And he would scroll through the times that everybody was having service in. People they looked up to and people that he followed. No, 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 no day in, in sight. Never heard of us. Stopped. And saw a group of people. What's this? Of all races, of all political parties, of all backgrounds, and even diff- different types of church raising, worshiping God together. He said, I stopped and I started watching. Next week I watched. Next week I watched. He said, then you started speaking to that camera. You start speaking into my life. He said, that's when I knew. I'm not alone. There are pastors that are out there that are still speaking for God in his word. And I, and I knew that I had to be connected to what was happening at Solid Rock. And I said, so there's no way for my church to connect with Solid Rock than to have Solid Rock's pastor to come in and speak into our lives. That's what I did. I preached on the remnant and the Noah generation. And I'm telling you, I felt a fire in that place. I felt a passion in that place. There is a remnant, y'all. And I told you, listen to me. Don't take this place for granted. This place is not an echo. This place is a voice. This place is speaking into people's lives that you have no idea. Alice was with me. We went out to Tulsa, Oklahoma, him and Lizzie. We're running into people saying, I watch you online. I mean, we're like, you don't know who I am. They lived in other states. We watch you online. Me and Alex were just looking at each other. Really? They're like, yeah. Man, man, keep doing what you're doing. We're watching you. I'm talking people from other states in this country telling us in Tulsa, Oklahoma, that they watch us. And they want to be, they want to glean from what is happening in this house. That's not about me. That's about you. That's about this house. That is about a people that are a remnant that says, listen, we're not going to be stupid. We're not going to be haphazard. We're going to protect our family. We're going to be safe, but we will not be put in a leper colony. Are you hearing me? My God, we are not lepers. We are leaders. Somebody get up on your feet right now and praise the Lord. Shout, I'm not a leper. Shout, I'm not a leper. I am a leader. I am a voice. I am not an echo. Remain standing. Father, in the name of Jesus, I stretch my hands over this congregation right now. Leaders, leaders, born again for one week, born again for 50 years, don't matter. Leaders, soldiers in the army of God. God, you told us to be wise as serpents, harmless as doves. Give us wisdom to protect our families and be safe. Wash our hands, distance if we're sick. Be safe, be reasonable. But also, God, give us a boldness. Let us remember that there is still power in prayer. Let us teach our children that when we're sick in this house, we pray. When we're hurting in this house, we pray. 
Thank God for doctors. Thank God for medicine. Thank God for nurses. Thank God for treatments. Thank God for solutions. We will not forget the blood of Jesus. We will not forget the stripes of Jesus. We will not forget that by his stripes we are healed. We will not forget to pray a hedge of protection over our children. And we will declare that no evil and no virus shall come to our dwelling. Because church, look at me. I'm going to let you go. Look at me. Look at me and listen to your pastor. I'm trying with everything that's within me. I'm not saying that I'm all-knowing. I'm not saying that I'm right on everything. I'm not. I know I'm not. I'm just like you. No more special than you. I'm just a man. That's all I am. I have a wife. I have children. I have a grandbaby. I want them to be protected. But you need to hear me. If I'm your pastor, I don't want to be a God. I don't want to be lifted up that way. But I want you to hear me as your pastor. I'm trying to prepare you for what is coming. Because this is nothing. We have not seen even the tip of what is coming. And if we buy into the lie now, we will not survive what is coming. And I don't want to see a single person in this place fall off of the bottom. We need you. So find you a place of strength your foot down my favorite characters one of my favorite characters in scripture is only mentioned in a few verses his name is Shama and all he's known for is that he was one of the great men of David and at one time in his retirement he was given a lot of land to till and he, and he grew peas he grew sweet peas lentils that's all he had to his name he was not wealthy. He was not famous. But the devil will take every single thing you have. He's relentless until he has sucked every bit of hope and life and joy out of you. And the only thing for all the service that Shama had given God that he had to himself was his pea patch. And one day the Syrians, the same ones, came up on their, on their horses. And they came up and they said, looks like you got a good pea patch going here. We're all hungry. We've come in the name of the king by his authority to take your pea patch and make it belong to us as soldiers and we will get whatever we want to get. And one old man took his staff, walked in front of the, the mightiest army in, in, in the known world at that time and shoved his staff down in the ground. This is in your Bible. And he stood between those soldiers and his pea patch. He said, you're not, you're not having my peace. You're not taking my pea patch. And I'll never forget it. it but what the word of God says is he said, one of those soldiers says, what is your name? And who do you think you are? He grabbed that scepter and held it up high. And he said, I am Shama. And he shoves it down. And when he does, he understood the spirit ram came in and spoke to those Syrians because they knew in the Hebrew language. Shama is one of the compound names of God. Like you've heard of Jehovah Jireh, one of his compound names is Jehovah Shama. 
Jehovah Shammah means I am the Lord God and I am present among you. Oh, and when that old man said, I am Shammah, and those words came out of his mouth, it was as if God was the one speaking it. And all of a sudden the angels appeared and stood before that old man and said, you better get back because it ain't just this old man standing here. Can I tell you something? I may just look like one man, but I am not alone. Open their eyes, Lord. Let them see, God. Open their eyes. There's more for us than against us. Somebody give God a praise right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jim, take this microphone, dismiss us. Prophesy whatever the Lord tells you to say. Man, I can't wait the next week. I could probably go get something to eat and come back to church again if y'all want to. And I could preach it. I'm just in that vein, y'all. I'm telling you. I don't know. I don't know how long I have. Oh, but I've told God. I will not give up. I will not give in. So the day I die, I'm going to stand firm. Let me tell you something. Wherever God takes me, he's taking you. And can I help you? Wherever he takes you, he's taking me. Because it ain't all about you going where I go. I want to go where you're going. Because we are truly in this thing together. Give the Lord a shout of praise right now. Brother Jim. from the Lord because I was thinking about that while you were up there about Shem I'm serious I mean about the pea patch it also goes along what's in Malachi it says that the, the Lord will rebuke the devourer in your name and that's what he did they came to devour his patch so in Jesus name when he comes against you to devour what you have, just stand up, put that staff in the ground and say, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke you. I will not let you devour what I have got. Do not walk away from here and let the devil take what you got today. What you got today is more important than anything you probably have heard in a while. Do not let this world tell you how to act, how to walk, how to talk, anything like that. You start walking and talking in the name of Jesus with a boldness and I'll guarantee you, you will be blessed. You will be healed. Your children will be healed. Your marriage will be healed. I know it's late. I know it's late. I know it's late. I know it's late. Father, right now in the name of Jesus. Ooh, I could go on. Mm -hmm. Yes, Lord. Father, we just thank you today for what has happened. Lord, we thank you for the miracles that, that the people that came forth today received that miracle, Lord. And as they go home today, that, that miracle be manifested in their life. Lord, I pray for those that didn't come up here, Lord, that they also that miracle happened in their life. I know sometimes it's hard to come up front because people think, oh, they must have done something bad. But it's not. It's a good thing to come in front of the Lord and confess your sins, and he will forgive you and write your name in the Lamb's Book of Life. Yes, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. People are being healed right now because they're, they're being faithful to you, Lord. Lord, they're reaching out. They're obeying what you said. Even in the offering, when Alex took up the offering to obey what the Lord said, to give, and the Lord will give back to you 
pressed down, shaken together, running over. Woo, thank you, Jesus, for everything that you've done today, Lord. Bless these people, keep them safe, and we'll see them next Sunday. We love you all in Jesus' name. Everybody say it.